Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the LT Motorsport podcast. My name's Jay and today I'm joined by Ollie, Jack and Jordan. Uh, obviously if you've got any questions or want to get any talking points over to us, shoot us a tweet at LTM Sport or to my direct one at jdaniels underscore um, and we'll try and get those questions answered or at least featured in one of the later casts. Um, yeah, so we're going to kick off just by reviewing uh, the opening round of the Formula 1 uh, in Australia, um, few surprises there, or sort of as we expected. What what's the general? I was surprised with Ferrari a bit, sort of like in a couple of different ways. I was surprised how slow they were to the party, well, the party mode thing, and surprised obviously that that won the race. I think most people were because I think ninety nine point nine percent of people thought it was going to be Hamilton all the way. But uh, clearly Bottas's crash, I thought, was the where Mercedes lost the race in qualifying because it meant that obviously Kimi could try and undercut Hamilton. Hamilton had to respond. And then it just always gives you that chance, doesn't it? Whereas if Bottas was there, he could have covered Seb as well. But that's just racing. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I, I think perhaps even that crash maybe even... Um, sort of maybe shook Bottas's confidence a little bit as well for even coming back from where he was in the race. Maybe not yeah. quite as willing to push push as hard. Um, it's yeah. also very hard to overtake around Australia. I mean, last year we had two overtakes, and I th- and I think we 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 got past the two overtakes in hey. in um by lap ten or something. Thank God. But um, yeah. It's it's a very hard track to overtake on. Even I think with uh, with the 2016 cars, it was still quite hard. But yeah, and that's caused like the whole like oh we should change the track. No, we need to change the cars. Change the cars, not the track. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think with the what we're saying about it being tough to overtake, definitely. But it also looks like there's some cars that are way worse at following than others yeah i mean kind of um it was mentioned for well basically the past couple of years that the mercedes isn't great in traffic no i think it it really does show this year so far in this one race but it did really kind of stand out that they you know there would be it would get reasonably close think about pushing and then they just have to drop way back for a for a few that said once hamilton made his mistake about 10 laps from the end he was able to catch up to Vettel very quickly and stayed around the six tenths gap, and then just fell away to like five seconds or something ridiculous like that. It's also a case of how much would they want to risk in the opening round of the season. You know, if they would crash up, there's still a long way to go. Maybe it was just a case of get as many points as you can and sell for what you can get. Yeah, I well, think that's true. Oh, sorry, I was going to say that um, Bahrain. I've... It's more of a Mercedes type of track, in my opinion. It's a um, still quite power sensitive. You've obviously got the front straight, back straight. There's another DRS zone where um, there's plenty of overtaking, and I think is there's is it twenty rounds this season? So twenty one, twenty one. Yeah. So um. There's no need to risk it. The second place is still very vital. Lewis got second last year and still went on to company win the championship in the end. 
Yeah, I think yeah. also one of the other things that um, I'm sure I read it or heard an interview or something with Hamilton was he actually, I mean, whether you believe him or not, he was a little bit disappointed that the way the cars are that he had to basically think about saving the car rather than keep attacking. So, yes, there's the worrying about crashing, but there's also, you know, limiting the engine wear and all that sort of stuff and components and things. So there's probably a bit of that. Yeah, I think most I think most people in and uh, in Formula One and fans of Formula One aren't happy about that. The only team that I can see being happy about that would be a team like Sauber because it means they don't have to fork out on so many engines a season. But I think they 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 do need to do cost cutting, but that's not the way to do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does seem a little bit like unfair to sort of penalise the teams for pushing their cars. Yeah. That being said, it's kind of difficult to to enforce, you know, the the reducing the costs. That's not I mean, an easy option, is it? Because no. if you just yeah. if you say an unlimited amount of engines, yeah, it's going to be the team with the most money will have the most engines, and that would limit. Teams yeah. with smaller budgets. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't say unlimited unlimited engines. I'd say give them one or two engines that are that are exclusively for practice. So the Friday sessions, and then they have three or four engines for the course of the season, or something along those lines. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think that would work better because. Because it would mean that they would they would have an engine specifically for qualifying in the race, yeah. and they and they'd have more of them so they can just, um, uh, so they can just go harder uh, throughout the race. But I either that or just go back to five or six engines a year like it was about five years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that's something that obviously we're going to see how that changes over over the coming months and years, I guess. But um, sort of. Just if we can steer it back a little bit towards the uh, the actual race. Um, surprises by teams that we maybe didn't expect to be so good? Haas. Yeah. yeah. Haas and oh, McLaren. Heartbroken for Haas. Yeah. Absolutely heartbroken. I, I, kinda, I think I'm going to have to eat my hat a little bit on that one because I touted them for being sat at the back the whole season. <laughs> well, didn't we? Yeah, all of you said Haas was going to be at the back. I didn't say I didn't say Haas was going to be at the back. So, <laughs> I admit, when I saw they qualified, I, I, I didn't say Saturday, they were. Yeah, I, was, I didn't I say that they'd be the car. Yeah, I didn't say that they'd lock out the third row, but I didn't say that they'd be at the back. I thought they'd be about eighth, um, eighth best team. So, but then better than that. But yeah, that is twenty-two points lost, and that will haunt them at the end of the year. I think. Yeah, because obviously if they can't keep up the development, then that's where they could have scored the points. And yeah. later in the season, when the the more established teams already they know how to approach the second half of a season, yeah, and a team that, like them doesn't, then they could that could really cost them a lot of money. I think that is what we've seen over the last couple of seasons with with Haas. They've done really well at the start of the year, then kind of tailed off a bit when it's got to Silverstone onwards. So yeah. I hope that this year it will be different for them, but 
we don't know. We won't well, know till It's, it's okay August. because that you know towards the second half of the season they can just copy Ferrari's homework anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah, that that was a little bit of a talking point, I think. And there's, I, I know that there was a uh, some reports put in to the FIA. I don't know if there's been an outcome of that yet. Has anyone heard anything? Or? No, I haven't. I don't have a problem with this though. What Haas are doing. I just the way I look at it, do you, how how do you expect a team from nothing really? You just expect to gradually get to the forward. It's not going to happen if you've got massive teams like McLaren, Renault, just all sitting there. Sauber that have been in it for twenty five years. That you know, it's so hard to get to the front of Formula One these days. That you need some sort. Of, you've got to think outside the box and yeah, it's a definitely. pretty simple solution and it's um yeah it's good it's nice to see max and grosjean near the front because i think there's two very good drivers in my I mean, opinion go with Oli because i mean the Haas team is basically the ferrari b team so yeah. i don't have a problem with them chassis design or anything else really any other components of the car because there to develop drivers and maybe we could see the likes of Charles Leclerc see within the coming yeah. seasons and ultimately make that big step up to Ferrari and to do that they need a competitive car which obviously like Ollie just said yeah, they exactly. do need to copy Ferrari it was I like Toro think, Rosso yeah Toro Rosso they had Red Bull chassis from 2006 to 2008 so Red Bull and Toro Rosso were effectively for the exact same car, but with different engines in the back. I think. I think Toros had Ferrari then. Yeah, they. Um, two, yeah. Um, Red Bull had Cosworth, and then they had Renault. I can't remember, but yeah, I, I think, think it's, I think it's, it's right. something like that. It's too long ago now. It's over a decade, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talking of Toro Rosso, <laughs> their their weekend didn't go fantastically. Oh. <laughs> no, it didn't. There was always the thing about was it Honda or was it McLaren? I think we found out last week it was Honda, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's Gasly's it yeah. had an engine failure, if I'm right. It was certainly engine related. Yeah. And Brendan Hartley just didn't have much pace. Yeah. Well, well, uh, well, for Brendan Hartley, he had to pit on lap one because he locked Massive up in turn one. Yeah. And then he pitted later on in. Uh, then he pitted later on in the race, but it was after. But he had already been lapped by then, and then he pitted after the after the safety car came in. So yeah, he uh, he was quite un he was quite unlucky with that. But it it, it does seem such a shame that the Toro Rosso has had so much promise in preseason testing. We get to Australia and just oh, more more of the same then. Well, I remember in twenty fifteen when McLaren had their Honda engine, it was the obviously it wasn't one and two. But I remember that the lap times were pretty good, but it was because they were literally running low fuel, you know, and then by the time it got to Melbourne, it all unraveled horribly. Yeah. And I have a feeling the same happened to Toro yeah. Rosso. But... I mean, Toro Rosso have actually come out within the last couple of days and have said that um, Honda have actually got some pretty big plans to prove that they can make a good engine and reliable one, so... We've come for this business yet again because who knows, maybe in the next couple of months, maybe in Bahrain next weekend, we could see 
Toro Rosso improving ever so slightly as they get used to the engine and the car yeah. as a whole. Midfield is so close. Yeah. You could, it could be one of those where Haas could all of a sudden, it could favour Melbourne and all of a sudden you've, you'll have the likes. I personally think that Force India and Williams will be stronger uh, yeah. this weekend because it's more more of a power sensitive track. I know Melbourne is as well, but Force India and Williams were not it didn't look like they had enough front grip. And it, I must admit, I was surprised by Force India's lack of pace last weekend. Williams, we saw it in, in uh, testing, but Force India looked, because they had upgrades coming, didn't they? They said they had upgrades yeah. for Melbourne, and we all sat there and thought, what are these upgrades going to be like? But clearly, they're still slacking a little compared to McLaren and all the Renault chassis-powered. Uh, the Renault yeah. engine powered cars. Sorry. I'm pretty sure in qualifying that Hartley came within about half a tenth of knocking um, Ocon out. And as as, as I see it, um, Gaz, Gasly is the better of the two Torosa drivers. Uh, yeah. And he messed up on his final lap. So if he had jumped up into, say, 12th or something, that would have not Ocon out in Q one, and would have and would have meant that that we that we would have had a Honda powered engine, Honda powered engine, Honda powered car in um in uh, Q two, which yeah. which was more or less what, what we were what we were expecting coming into the weekend, but it didn't really work out that way. But yeah, yeah. Bahrain, I think it will be easier for Honda, maybe. Probably I think not. probably. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think Bahrain's probably going to be easier for even the teams that maybe don't have the power because it's not so much running in traffic all the time and, and that kind of stuff and running so close to other cars. It might be a little bit little bit lighter on the cars, I guess. Um, we still don't and, really have a firm running order, to be honest. We we, yeah. we we can't base the running order after one weekend. Yeah, I'd say after about China at the end of the yeah. China, you'd start after the, what, I'd say what, Europe, we, Europe, yeah. Actually, once we get the European seasons, yeah, yeah. So after Asajibun, um, uh, we will have a proper uh Realistic idea moment. of what yeah. um, yeah, what the running order is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, um, I was gonna say we might see Williams hopefully improve as long as no sandwich bags are <laughs> probably oh, that, yeah <laughs> i saw that i just you've got to feel sir on his debut is it seven a few laps in on and it just goes like that one thing one thing that i found really weird is he started is sorokin uh started in the same position as lance stroll did last year and lance stroll went out in last year's race due to a due, to, uh, due to a brake failure as did Sorokin so spooky conspiracy yeah. it's a conspiracy Sorokin's gonna yeah. get a podium <laughs> yeah it's conspiracy. so yeah Sorokin will be on the podium in Baku, Baku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Confirm>. maybe maybe <laughs> not <laughs> um okay so talking of the next race what are we expecting to see we sort of touched on it a little bit there with um you know some of the teams maybe having a bit more performance and, and kind of stuff like that but what who are we expecting to really shine i think ferrari might be better out in bahrain 
they will be closer to Mercedes for sure. But I'm not sure whether they will be able to go ahead of Mercedes. But I, the, the, what we saw, uh, I'm not I'm not sure if you guys saw it as well. But the but Kimi's lap versus Lewis's lap in qualifying. He now was, Ki, yeah. Kimi looked slower. However, whenever there was a straight, the Ferrari always got yeah it was, was it always Karen way Kandor? quicker. The num- comparing the two, yeah, I saw that, and it yeah, was more around the corners, uh, the Mercedes turned yeah. in a bit better, so maybe so see Ferrari. Sector one and sector three will favour the Ferrari, and sector two will favour the Mercedes. So I think overall, it will it might be Vettel, but Hamilton will be close. Yeah, I think I think Lewis will edge it. I'm I'm always curious. Every race this year will be my curiosity will be Red Bull, how close yeah, they can get. Yeah. So Verstappen should have been on the front row in Australia, and if it wasn't, I'll not be. If he's on the front row, yeah, and stays out, or gets ahead of he could have won the race. You know, yeah. judging how Australia works, but could be a completely different uh, different story for Red Bull, especially if Ricardo didn't get his, his penalty, but um. Yeah, be, I, I'm just curious how Red Bull do and this Mercedes party mode, how effective it actually is or whether it was just a couple of mistakes from Ferrari or just didn't anticipate the party mode's power. Well, this is this is kind of something I've been thinking about um, this week is like, everyone's kicking up a fuss about this party mode thing. But with, and obviously the other side of that is that Hamilton's saying, no, there's no special mode, blah, 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 blah. I'm inclined to believe Hamilton on this. There's not a special mode. It's just they've always got more performance on tap. We know that. Yeah, we, we used know. to see that. We've seen this last year. They usually yeah, whack I, the engines up. Q3. It's just a different, it's just a different word why, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know why people are surprised. Because we always know that they're not running 100%. And when they do, it's ridiculously fast. Yeah. yeah. One thing one thing that I found very weird in Australia is uh is how he had that thing with Lewis Hamilton saying, Oh uh, oh we don't have a party mode. And then thirty minutes later, so to Wolf in an interview said, Yes, party mode was used today. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... So the I, I I would guess that there probably is a party mode that they that they use. Also I love the term party mode, it makes me just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I, I agree with Jack on this. I do think there is a party mode or, or a mode that gives the Mercedes a lot more performance. But then again, you know, as you two have said, right, Q2, they'd be a little bit in front and then Q3 came and bam, just straight ahead, Wallet, straight yeah. in there. Go six, seven tenths quicker than the Ferrari. And no surprise to me, to be honest. No surprise whatsoever. And there were some funny reports after qualifying, like people congratulating Lewis on his fifth world title. <laughs> well done, yeah. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like we said, uh, it's not something we should be surprised about. Mercedes have got this engine generation figured out. No one is yeah. ever going to overtake them on this set of regulations, I don't think. Because the gap to them is too far they've got it reliable at quick pace that's at least as fast as everyone else and then yeah obviously you sacrifice a bit of reliability by going way faster but you only use that when you really have to why would you use it all the time yeah i just 
it's uh, it's like everyone was saying, oh, Honda will catch up, Renault will catch up, and it's it's sort of like they're sitting there thinking Mercedes won't do anything over the winter. Oh, just wait a couple of minutes and then we'll catch up to it. But it doesn't work like that. Mercedes probably worked the hardest because they know that they've got to keep that level of performance um, for every season now because they know that what it's capable of. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Honestly, um, in early 2015, I was I was one of those people who, uh, who was thinking, yeah, Honda will just like pick up the pace over the course of the season. They'll they'll win a couple races this year. They'll I finish like were. fourth in the championship or something like that. And then they came ninth, and um, <laughs> that was um, well. What what really surprised yeah. me is the early um, reports about them coming back into the sport was that they'd secretly, if you want to say that, but behind the scenes they'd actually been keeping up with the regulations by developing an engine alongside current regulations just so that they could keep a tab on it. And so you would expect that they would at least be there or thereabouts in terms of having the formula figured out. But it just seems that that never really materialised. They just kind of got to the, oh, no, we've got to put an engine in a car. Uh, well, here's a turbo and here's a something. Oh, that could just go there. And it never really yeah. worked. Just what, like they were playing what it was, was, you know when you order groceries and then they send you all the wrong ones because they didn't have them in stock? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. Seems, it just seems like a, a, like a real shame. They had a massive opportunity to do, especially to go in with McLaren as well, like from the off. I could understand them going in with a back, sort of a back marker team from the start and well yeah they almost work. had they were almost in the sauber this year hmm. yeah but you would have expected like that's an amazing partnership mclaren and honda it's a legendary thing Some i would have thought it was going to be way more competitive than it yeah. was first season that's a write-off fine no problem second season you were expecting them to be at Maybe least finishing better. races <laughs> like it just seems... Just yeah, the thing place. that frustrated me with Honda was when... Because they, they made a big gap from 15 to 16. You thought, right, they've sorted it out. Six, 17 new rules coming up. This is going to be their year. And all of a sudden, it just goes back down. So uh, I think that's when McLaren just said, no, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see how they get on. And hopefully they can uh, sort of improve. Just before we move on, um, how about a, a speculation for podium order in Bahrain? Jack, go. Uh, Vettel, Hamilton, um, Raikkonen, same as Australia. I, I, I don't know. Don't know. I just can't think of anything else. Um, actually, no, maybe. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm going to be interesting. Throw Ricardo on the podium uh, in third place instead of Raikkonen. Good shout, Jordan. Uh, Lewis, Seb, and I think this is definitely a thing. We we we, we all have our top two. It's just which order it's going to be in. And yeah. then for third one, we're all just, yeah. Could be anyone. <laughs> uh, Ollie, what do you reckon? 
Um, I would say Hamilton, Bottas, Kimmy. Yeah, Hamilton, Bottas, Kimmy. I'm going to change it up a bit. I thought so Kimmy was quite going uh, to have the same race as he did in Bahrain a couple of years ago then, where he just like... Yeah. On starting that. I think he's not had the greatest of records in Bahrain. Obviously, he won last year. Don't get me he wrong. He won in 2013, 2012. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'm, but um, I just, I, I don't know. I was really impressed. I thought people, even though he only finished third, I thought Kimmy did quite a good job. Constantly practiced, qualifying. And for quite a lot of the race, really, he was faster than Vettel. And I still I think this car just suits Kimmy a bit better. But I think Mercedes would be top. I'm expecting, because um, Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be a little bit closer and there's more likely to be overtakes. I'm going to go with Vettel taking the top step, but he's going to have an accident with Hamilton, which is going to spark off the big rivalry Ooh. thing again. There's going to be contact because there's going to be more overtaking. Um, and then I'd say probably Ricardo and Kimi. Oh, no Merck on the podium. Yeah. A big, I, big shout. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about Bottas, you know. Really not sure about him at the moment. Well, he needs to bounce back, doesn't he? Yeah, because he needs, he needs his career's in that line now. Yeah. To prove this season anyway, but after last weekend, he's got to come back even stronger. Yeah. Yeah, he's got mortgage to pay. Come on. <laughs> Can't lose a job now. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, we'll see how accurate those predictions are in, in a week or so. But, um, yeah. In before Verstappen wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Just always out, Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I think the second biggest talking point over the last week or so is obviously um, Billy Billy Wiz coming back and with a yes. pretty. First of all, I saw the the result um, with his qualifying, um, and what was it fifth for the qualifying? I think yeah, fifth. And he was like really chuffed with that, and he was like, yeah, you know, like we maybe we'll we managed to sneak a cheeky podium and like kind of joking about it. And then I saw the result, and I was like, uh, "Hang on a minute, yeah. <laughs> he's actually he's actually done it." So, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the. Admittedly, I haven't seen the race, um, but I've, I've seen the highlights, and he was not far away from P one, only right. a few seconds off the lead. And what a staggering, staggering story that is! It's, I don't think it probably sinks in that we've got a guy, an amputee, that. Was it about four or five months ago he decided to step in a car again? Uh, was it a Beetle? And uh, I thought, yeah. okay, we'll just see how he does. And then I see that he gets given the chance, Carlin, in British Formula 3. And testing, he was about P6. So um, when he qualified, I was wondering, can he keep this pace? Obviously qualifying P5. And then to come with a P3... Bear in mind, he only just got the... Uh, he was trying to get the funds to race this weekend and to get a podium is just staggering, like I said. Yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy, I think. What was it they were saying? Is it three... Was it 350 days? Is that... 
It was in. I'm sure it was 350 days they said since his accident. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because it was a done and, and then um, between cars always falls about the same sort of time in like mid-April. So yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it is amazing, especially at a time where, you know, disabled athletes and things are now not really looked upon as oh they're like the oh well they're having a go kind of thing. So it. I think after London's like amazing uh, Olympics and Paralympics, people really look at like disabled athletes a whole lot different. And um, especially, and now in motorsport as well, which where it was kind of a bit of a blurred thing. I mean, we've had uh, some of the, I don't know if anyone ever watched the the film about it, about um, Alex Zanardi going back and doing the uh, 24 hour race. That was just amazing, like to see the dedication that he, he put in to come back and do that. Yeah, because so. um, yeah, because Zanardi, um, I, I think he's um spoke to Billy in that, and yeah, I bet, I bet he's stunned as well, even though he's just I'm I'm lost for words really because yeah. it's just such an amazing achievement how different his car is to people and. Um, yeah, I just he always um, puts a smile on every time, and he just you just sit there and you think, oh, if he's just you know he'll just take anything, and he takes a podium, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing he's got on it, if you're to be you know to break it down and, and sort of think about it a bit, the the thing he's got on his side is that he's younger, so it's easier for him to easier, but more. Cut. you know his mentality at that age is well okay that's happened to me but that's not the end of my life whereas someone like Alex Zanardi who'd done you know he'd been at the peak of motorsport and things like that you could understand why he might kind of just disappear but then obviously to come back and be like an amazing athlete and then to race as well like that was that was an amazing comeback but so I think in this instance like Billy's got a you know he's got age on his side so, but that's also a little bit scary for all his competitors because if that's what he's done in less than a year, yeah. what, what's he going to do in another year? He's got a great future ahead of him, for sure. He's got. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he ends up something like WEC world champion in in a, about five ten years time. I think he really could do something even as big as that. Yeah. If Lafon's there, then limit. He can keep on pushing, and yeah, who knows where he can end up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he gets a couple of good results, now we all know that motorsport does rely on on cash and advertising and things like that. Now he's a great high-profile person to have in your car. So forget emotion and stuff, but think like business people aren't just going to overlook him because of, you know, oh, okay, he's a kid who got injured, blah, 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 blah. They're not going to overlook him just because because of that. They're actually going to look at it as, well, A, he's actually getting good results. B, he's going to bring a hell of a lot of coverage to our team. So I think yeah. he's in with a really good shout of actually getting some, some you know, some other drives and and the money that, that need, he needs to kind of keep him in the sport. So actually, it's a really, really big step, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's worried about funds. I think he's got such a great support and backing from the whole of the motorsport family that realistically, I think he's just focus on 
get adapting properly to the car. I'm not being funny. He's going to improve still every day with that car. And because it's still a big step for him, you know, for loads of any driver to get into a uh, British Formula 3 car, it's a big step. So realistically, I, um, yeah, think that if you focus on his driving, he can be an absolute revelation. Is he the first uh, paraplegic um, driver in terms of, well, a, a racing driver, in terms of racing drivers? Because I know, like, Nick Hamilton has, like, cerebral palsy, but that's not being paraplegic. you got Alex Zanardi. So. Alex Zanardi. But yeah, but did, he, but, uh, but did he do racing after? Yeah, yeah. Act? he came back and did a 24-hour race. Uh, Spa or The Ring? can't remember which. Oh, okay, yeah. I think it was Nurburgring. I'm not sure. Though. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think we've, we've ever had anyone who could like fight for the championship as a paraplegic. So this is really like amazing. Yeah, certainly. I think it's a new. Even if you know we're we're putting a lot of speculation on how he's going to do. Even if he doesn't get to be you know world champion this and blah 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 and winning that. It does pave the way for a lot more other people to not be kind of put, be put off by having someone who has got a disability in their car. I mean, there's also at the moment, which is quite a high profile thing, is the um, the team that are doing, uh, trying to think, they're doing Le Mans in the Aston, the, I think it's like the soldiers that have, a race to recovery. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's quite a big, a big thing as well. I mean, that will help. And the work that race to recovery have done in like a few years ago. I remember Top Gear covered it. Like it was absolutely incredible to think that these soldiers had been like, aided. Some of them have had their arms amputated and blown off and stuff like that. To have that courage to go. I want to get in a racing car. I want to do probably the toughest rally on the planet. And then go and finish it is absolutely incredible. So you can take real inspiration from them guys. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a quite an exciting time, actually, because there's sort of a bit of, going to be a bit of a shift in the tide. I don't think it's it's, it's going to be quite the same stigma over oh well you've lost a leg or you've lost an arm that's it you're kind of confined to doing nothing basically yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah okay well um sort of moving on what else have we got going on in um sort of in motorsport over this next over the next week so obviously we've got formula one Next weekend, there's there's Formula One, there's IndyCar, the British Touring Cars is back. Uh, MotoGP is is in Argentina. Um, I'm not sure if there's any more than that, but those are the ones that I know off the top of my head. Yeah, can't wait for the Touring Cars next week. I will be at Burns Haps both days. Oh, yeah, nice. looking forward to that. Yeah, should are, be good. Uh, are you there just as a fan, or are you gonna, uh, or are you gonna get your nose in and just trying it? trying to speak to Plato and Neil and all that. Unfortunately, I am there just as a fan, but I will be trying to get some pictures yeah. too. So, yeah. Right, yeah. 
Okay, that's uh. So what is is that the the first round? Yep. Bands oh, of the season. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the season opening. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So what what's the expectation for for touring cars this season? What's where's the momentum at? You for for touring cars, what you do is you just don't expect anything because. Right. That, that that is genuinely what you do with touring cars because anything can happen realistically so the unexpected exactly so yeah i jordan was surprisingly good at brands last year uh he won on his first um uh on his first weekend for bmw so maybe jordan could do well turks will be up there as always when you got plato neil Camish is a, a Camish as well, yeah. So yeah, just either way, it's going to be exciting. So yeah, oh. sounds almost as uh, unexpected. Out with uh, the same as the unexpected outcomes in Formula One, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, so. We said so touring cars. What else was there? Sorry, uh, touring cars, MotoGP, uh, Formula One, and IndyCar. What's the other one? IndyCar. Of the ones that I know. Fine. Is anyone anyone here covering or watching IndyCar? I I watch it, but I only got round to watching the first race um, last week. So yeah, it's a bit late. Ah oh, well. Um, Is. Uh... Alonso is not doing another IndyCar this year, is he? Or is no, he? No, he's not. No. No. So he's just focusing WC. on F1 and WEC. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the... Because he had... He was in a Honda before in IndyCar last year, wasn't he? Only for the Indy 500. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Andretti. Yeah. Which is Andretti... Uh, the Andretti team that's mates with uh, Zach Brown, isn't it? The yeah, pal, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, fine. Oh well, it's a shame we won't see that this year. Yeah, mind. I think it'll. The problem is because obviously Honda and McLaren is split. But it's still yeah. an Andretti Honda. But it doesn't fit in as nicely. Yeah, it's not a great thing for sponsors and things like that, is it? No. <laughs> well, when they're literally calling Honda every name under the sun, one minute. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well actually, McLaren... actually oh, they've not been so so bad. I think they do want to maintain that relationship just a little, just in case. But yeah. I can't see I don't them going think back to the Lonzo is going to help it though. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like they're mortal enemy. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Um, well, we we will reconvene again. Um, hopefully. In next uh, seven days, I, yeah, it might it might be best if we if now, now everything's starting to pick up if we do this a little bit more often then. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it might be a good idea. So maybe we'll we'll aim for for after the race next weekend. Yeah, um, actually, Mo- MotoGP will finish at about eight, so it will be fresh. Cool, that's like the result from from MotoGP. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I just want to wrap up and say. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and um, yeah, that was pretty cool. We've covered some ground there, and hopefully we've got a lot more to explore over the next few weeks. So thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Jordan. Yes. 
and thank you, Ollie. Thank you.